Welcome to the week of love where everyone celebrates a Valentine's Day. No, I'm kidding. Oh my god. For all the single people, this is the time when you babysit kids for the couples, and that's what I did yesterday on my Valentine's Day. Oh, but that's not a topic. I want to talk about how it was raining bloody all week. I'm not kidding, like 100% rain all weekend. So basically what I did was going to work, um, going to gym and repeat and that's it. Eat a lot. Hot chocolate. Oh, and I lit a fire for the first time. Ooh, from 26 it just went to 11. I was like, and we all know that New Zealand houses are so bloody cold that I was just like, okay, I'm done. Ak boots, yes. Um, blanket, yes. Fire, mm-hmm. Yeah, to be honest, I was slightly sick. So also, since the pandemic started, I never did a COVID test. Because New Zealand is so far away from everything. Even if you're living in a South Island or something, it was not many cases. I mean, now they're coming in. Uh, but I went to do a test because I was feeling slightly bad. And of course it was negative, but it was so funny because I was like, oh my God, this is so annoying. And I reminded myself, Nija, you did it for the first time and it's 2022 and people back home are doing it bloody every day. And I was like, yeah, sweet. (laughs) So I hope you had better weed than me. I mean, in Europe is winter anyway, so we have probably the similar temperature, um, But otherwise, I hope you listen the first Great Walk episode, Mr. Great Abel Tasman, because today I'm going to talk about another Great Walk, and that's Hifi Trek, that I did with my really good friends uh, Kuhn and Matt, and we also met a really interesting girl from Wellington, Emily. We recorded a totally spontaneous um, chat in one of the huts we were staying together, so the recording is not the best, but we had quite uh, interesting chat about Great Walks in New Zealand and how our trip went. Listen up. Behind places and faces. Welcome to Saxon Heart. And Matt, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm sucking on a whiskey tit. <laughs> I'm drinking Johnny Walker out of a, I don't know how you call this, it's a portable flask. It's, um, oh, thank you. It's going to Emily. Hi, Emily from Wellington. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Honor and a privilege. Hi, Kun. Hey, guys. Hello again. <laughs> you have a really bitchy face again. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, just to let anyone know, we are on a hippie track in Saxon Hut and there is no one in, just us four, no one. And it's really windy and tomorrow we have to do, what, 30 k's? 32. 32 k's. Hippie track, hippie track is the, one of the longest great 
No, it is the, the longest, longest um, great walk on New Zealand, and it's Wait, 72... <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Sorry, the worst kick. Blame me on the worst kick. Uh, the longest is uh, Whanganui journey, but that one, you do it with a, you know, kayaking or canoe instead of um, walking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fair. Okay, so walking slash biking, the longest yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, it's 79 slash 82 k's long and it goes from Golden Bay side all the way to the west coast. Usually people stay in the, do the, the walk, what, with three, three? This one? Yeah. I think it's between three and four. Like if people want to take it easy, they do four nights. Yeah. I think yeah. Kim and you are, yeah. Easy on me, baby. I think we have to tell Adele that she's a part of this journey, like constantly. <laughs> Hashtag Adele, are you listening? <laughs> but yeah, some people are taking it easy and some people are... Well, we managed to persuade Kun after Tongariro <laughs> to actually extend it, but why night? Because originally the plan was to do it two nights. It was not you, it was the rain. Like, uh, the fact we walked in the rain for seven hours straight. Yeah, changed my mind. Fair enough. So today we had a really easy day. First day we went from the Brown Hard parking spot in um, Golden Bay all the way to the all the way to the Gold Golden Dawn. Golden Dawn. Golden Down. Golden Golden Down. Golden Down. Thank you. It's basically the downtown Abbey of Hifi track. <laughs> and we did like twenty four kilometers yeah. in one day. Yeah, it was really all of us. Yeah, yeah, a group of last-minute planners. Yeah. yeah, and it was really steep. It's going up, 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 up. And now we did the second day, a really short one, like 5.4 kilometers. We're discovering some caves on the way and enchanted forest and had a really good swimming, swimming in the mountain spa. And um, tomorrow we're heading further, all the way to the Hifi Heart. We're skipping one heart because we couldn't get a space, and we're gonna do around 30 k's. <laughs> 32. <laughs> 32. And then we. But have... mostly it's downhill. You need to say first okay, we're yeah. going up like a hundred meters elevation gain, and then gradually going down. Yeah, that's true. And then we're finishing the last day, 16, 17 k's, and that's it. We're gonna be picked up in Karamia on the west coast, and this hike. It's already spectacular for my opinion because the landscape changed so much on the way and we are not even on the half of the track. We went from the really thick forest mm. to the really... What is it called? The, the one... Red tussock. Red tussock, yeah. And then to the field that looks like... For the people who didn't do the Tongariro crossing... Oh, what we said? Dinosaur... Dinosaur park. It's kind of... Yeah, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, prehistoric type trees. And um, bush, bushes and a lot of birds. Mm -hmm. Everyone spotted really rare birds except us. Um, Kuhn and Matt tried to find uh, taka, Takahe. Takahe. Yeah. Takahe, but takahe. we were pretty sure that we're gonna see them tomorrow. How many is okay. left? There's, I think there's about 400 in the wild. So they were considered extinct on mainland in mainland New Zealand and they were found on some in remote Finland. some remote island and now they're trying to oh, repopulate okay. them. 
think it was um, first rediscovered um, within the Fjordland National Park. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So now the, 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 the crowd here is the second group of wild takahe. Okay. We bring them here in 2018. Sorry for being too informative, guys. <laughs> um, thank you, Kun, for your um, informativeness. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> we appreciate it. Um, yeah, so it's quite spectacular and we're looking forward for the next part. But I invited all of you because it's so cozy here in the little hut, no one is here. And you all did a lot of great walks. What is the, what do even mean great walk of the New Zealand? Kun, you're an informative one. <laughs> Wait, we should start this question with the Kiwi. What does it mean to be a great walk? I mean, I feel like you phrased that quite philosophically, whereas I think <laughs> objectively there are just some great, I mean, I suppose it's set, beautiful sections of the whenua of the country that have been put into a really accessible format for people to be able, I mean, I feel like it's a great introduction to hiking, right? Like if you, you want to do some tramps, you've never done tramping before, like you want to see a beautiful part of the country, go to a great walk. That's what I would think of when I think of a great walk. Is that what you meant? Or? Yeah, actually, yeah. Mm. Because I was thinking how we, comparing what we have in Slovenia, mm. do we have even a great walk that we can no, say? No, so is... it's an incredible piece of branding. Mm. So New Zealand is one of the few countries that has an agency for storytelling, right? So coming from Eastern Europe, like we had propaganda agencies, yeah. but here it's called the New Zealand Story Group. And it's another type of propaganda at the end of the day. Anyway, but it, it's an incredible piece of branding that's a very important pillar of tourism in New Zealand, which is the most important export service industry in New Zealand. So there's a lot of marketing behind it as well. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people, um, everyone knows about the great walks, right? Us, we come from Slovenia, we've got a stretch of the Alps. We've got some fantastic hiking in Slovenia, but a lot of people don't know about it. And I, I think it's an incredible piece of branding that you've got these 10 walks that everyone that comes to New Zealand knows about. You're there so isn't, right, yeah. actually. Um, yeah, you're right that other than that yeah. concept or that branding, mm -hmm. there's nothing that links them together. They're yeah. in completely different parts of the country. Um, yeah, you're so right, and it's, it's that branding, that idea that yeah. links, yeah. otherwise completely separate. Yeah, when walks. I think about great walks, um, there are a few features of all the great walks. First, um, all of them only require you to have moderate fitness level, mm. which means it's um, most of them are great different age groups. Um, they're family friendly. We saw um, family with young kids, like four... Not four, five, six years old. We saw families where the backpack was bigger than the kid. Yeah. And the kid was still carrying the backpack. Yeah, some root burn, right? Yeah. Some, and it's free for kids under the age of 17, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. For me, what I so when I when I came to New Zealand, I thought, okay, I'm not nearly as fit to do a great walk. And what I find really appealing is that you don't need to be like a triathlon runner. You don't need to be exceptionally fit as concept moderate yeah. level of fitness. Yeah, and the second feature would be um, all the great walks would have some of the unique uh, wildlife, uh, either plants or animals, like uh, Stuart Allen, Rokura, Trek, and Kepler um, are famous for kiwi spotting. Um, he is great for Takahe and the snails. Yeah. Mm, the snails. Came to see one of those. Yeah. Um, what about other the ones in North Island? Then there's like Milford sounds really famous for the um, the chaos. Yeah, chaos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and carcass. Yeah, the landscapes are also so different in every part of New Zealand because you have if you just compare south and north, it's like tropical slash muddy pools and volcanic eruptions slash and then on south totally different diversity you said that you don't think that you have to be fit for like fit fit for those walks but i, mean, I when i first came and when i first heard about the great walks i think it was before kun and i had met and he's the one that really introduced the idea of the great walks to me right so I was, I came to New Zealand. I wasn't like Neja or Kun. I didn't come here on a working holiday, like let's explore the country, right? I came here to work. Came in on a Saturday, started working on a Monday. And when I first heard of the Great Walk, I think a coworker of mine was talking about the Paparoa track. He just finished it on his bike. And I was like, oh, that sounds super amazing, but I don't think I'm nearly there in terms of fitness. Um, so my initial kind of thought was, was, was like, okay, you need to be really, really fit, you know, like ice pick and everything. And it kind of sounds like that too, yeah. like the great walks, yes, like, yeah. like the, the seven wonders of yeah, the world. Exactly. Like the, the, the ultimate, you know. Yeah, but if I, if I said like when I, a few weeks ago, I did one of the great walks, Apple Chasman, and I went from Marahau till the end, uh, Wainui, and it's basically, it's quite easy walk. It's not a lot up and down. It, it is like up and down because you go from the bay and to the next bay. But I realized if I wouldn't be at least fit that I strengthened my lower body and because I had a backpack with tent, uh, mat, sleeping bag, food for three days, uh, you do approximately 20 Ks per day. No offense, but I would struggle. I think it's like you need to be able to walk 20 something kilometers per day. And I think it's more the mindset, right? So in, in Slovenia, when you say, okay, there's going to be a hut, there's a certain expectation that there's going to be like a restaurant. Hmm. There's going to be something like a warm meal, like some sort of porridge or, or, or something that there's going to be a shower. So for me, what, what took a little bit of getting used to is to actually understand and to set my expectations. If I'm going on a great walk, that probably means there won't be any showers there. So there might be occasional dip in the, the spring. Um, there won't be anywhere that I will be able to purchase any food. There won't be any hot food. You need to bring your own gear and so on. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. 
when I said to you first, it's so expensive, but you have just bunk bed, nothing. Yeah. You have to bring everything with you, and in Slovenia, the same price you get in 2,500 meters, you have a bed with sheets on. And I feel like, oh, you were a little bit spoiled. Yeah, but the only exception will be able to test, man, because you're a few um, places where you have private land, and the landowners build you know, coffee shop and lodges for day visitors, right? And apart from that, you there's no chance for you to um, have a proper coffee. Oh my gosh, I feel train. like I would have a dream in Slovenia. Like hiking and like coming to a hut with food, I'd be like, yes. So <laughs> in a hot shower. <laughs> in a hot shower. I really want to go to Eastern Europe. I know that's a sidetrack, but yeah. it'd be so fun. Well, let's not talk about hot showers. We don't have them in the huts. Like <laughs> Some of them. Uh, okay, maybe. But um, so if we go um, to the basics, New Zealand has 10 great walks, right? Yeah, they just added the 10th one, yeah. So this is like uh, Waker Morana, Wanganui Journey, Rotoburn Track, Milford, Raikura, Kepler, Abel Chessman, Coastal Integral River, Northern Circuit, right? Oh, and Hifi. Mm -hmm. I forgot yeah. Hifi. And no, the last one, the new one is Paparoa. Paparoa. Track. It's on the West Coast as well. So guys, how many of those you did? I've done seven. You didn't. You're still walking the seventh one. <laughs> You're doing the seven. Yeah. By the time you release this podcast, will be you know already finished. <laughs> okay. Uh, which which ones? Which ones? Um, well, maybe easier to say which one I didn't do. I still need to do Fanganui Journey, the newest Paparoa Track, and also Lake Wakanamoana. I I, I kind of want to leave that one to the last one. Do it with one of my dearest Maori friends. Because her iwi is from there, so ah, that's gonna be really yeah, cool. Yeah, and like the cultural and it's um, what's the word? The cultural value of this track is probably more than any other. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah. From our yeah. What about you, Emily? Can I have a wee look at this guy? <laughs> um, I have haven't necessarily done them. I mean, I feel like from a Kiwi perspective, you don't necessarily. Like you guys talking about the great walks and knowing about them, I almost feel like that's not like as a New Zealander, you don't necessarily like grow up being like the great walks, you kind of like slowly discover them. So I've done bits of some and I've done the full others. Um, I haven't done Lake Waikari Moana, I'd be really keen to do that. Haven't done the Whanganui journey, but I did used to row on the Whanganui River as a 14, 15, 16 year old. So I feel like I know the river quite well, but haven't done, done the journey. Done the root burn, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. I did it when I, I went to an outdoor pursuits high school um, when I was in year 13, so the last year of high school, and um, it was amazing. It was Mount Aspiring College in Wanaka, so we stayed in, in – they take 30 kids from outside Wanaka. You live there in houses, there's six houses, you all cook for each other, and then wow. every weekend you go to a big mission and then you go to school as well. So it's a really, really epic program. And we did the root burn and it was over my birthday in May. And so I turned 17 on the middle day of the hike. So it was like really, really cool. And it was snowing. It was like such a transitional trip. It was very that's memorable. the legal age of drinking in New Zealand, right? 17, no, 18. 18. So I've always been being young in that regard. <laughs> we went to uni as a 17-year-old. It was really sad. Really? Yeah. Oh. 
It was really grim. I cried the first night in my dorm room where everyone went out on the piss and I didn't have a fake ID and I was like, Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I digress. I haven't done the Milford, but I'm booked in to do it with one of my best friends in April. That's be really cool. Um, I haven't done the northern circuit of the Tongariro, but I've definitely done bits of that region, kind of grown up going to that region. Uh, I've done, I mean, I've done three quarters of the Abel Tasman. I actually ran it um, a few years back when I was really into running. I ran from the Maraho end to what's the big hut, the big fancy bougie one where you have like our Lodge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I ran from there to to there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, Quite a lot, yeah. And I've done the other end from the start. So I have done the Abel Tasman, but just not all in one go. And I've done the first bit of the Kepler, but not all of it. And I've ran the, I've ran, ran the three-day Reiki track. Yeah, so that's kind of my my rundown of the, of the Great Walks. Yeah, I think I'm the only one who just started doing... I'm like you. I never, like, was a person, I'm going to go and sleep in the heart and then I'm... Mm. I did a lot of daily trips mm-hmm. and I did a part of it like Tungariro crossing and I did that and that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did Abel Chessman and now this one and Abel Chessman again almost whole with for New Year's. Um, so yeah, I and I wanted to do still a um, few, at least Milford Sound and yeah. I feel one like more the way the way Emily's doing it is very organic. Yeah. Like we're doing a couple of them over school trips and um, that's something uh, new immigrants like us wouldn't necessarily... Yeah, know, exactly. I guess it's just the privilege of, of growing up in yeah. New Zealand, right? You just end up doing yeah. things yeah. through life, yeah. Through life. Not just because... Yeah. yeah. By the time um, when you will step your foot on the first so-called Great Walk, mm. um, we probably don't have this list of 10 yet. Mm, mm. It's a relatively new concept, I would say. Yeah, right? I wonder when it came came about. But I also think like in terms of who does the great walks, you've got a lot of people from overseas that are here long term. So I think if you're your typical overseas tourist that comes here for three or four weeks, yeah, you wouldn't get a camper van and does yeah. the you know north to south, south yeah. to north. Mm. You don't have the time. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. To do the Great Walk, mm-hmm. um, a lot of Kiwis, as you said, Emily, um, might not even have heard of the Great Walks. Mm. So mm. I think as 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 a piece of branding, um, it's kind of geared towards a specific profile, and a lot mm. of them are overseas people that have come here to work or stay longer in New Zealand, like yourself on a working holiday yeah that's exactly true because when i came i did a lot of daily hikes and now after a year i start doing the great Mm. walks because yeah i think you you put more effort in seeing as much as you can not doing few days walks i also think it's because like if you come here as an overseas tourist for like three or four weeks there's a little bit of investment that you need to put in if you're going to do the great walks, right? You need to buy a sleeping bag, you need to buy like a gas cooker, maybe some hiking poles and, and so on, right? So if you're here as a tourist, you might not have necessarily made that investment. Yeah, that's true. 
So one feature of the hefe that I think it's worth pointing out for our lovely viewers is the water. Uh, we believe it is safe to drink, but it is sort of, the, it's not quite the colour of wheeze, but it's kind of the colour of... Of wheeze. Of if you took your wheeze <laughs> and diluted it down to make it less offensive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does look like the river when we were swimming right now. Well, the, the last part was alright. Um, the colour is only visible from the Saxon heart. Yeah, I guess it's depend on um, where the water is from, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, because the soil here is more orange than it was a little bit um, before. For me, like when I when I came to New Zealand, I didn't go anywhere for like six, seven months, and I like I was losing my shit. And I think for someone that's come from overseas, great walks are an incredible way to actually bond with New Zealand and to experience New Zealand and to have that connection with the land. So Emily said Fenua, like it's a Maori word for land, but it also means placenta. Right? Mm -hmm. It means like something that gives life. And for me, I've been here almost four years, is the great walks are a way for me to kind of connect myself with the land and with the country and with the people and yeah. to kind of ground myself. Yeah. Mm, the the yeah. first people who walked on Hifi is um, definitely um, someone from the local Iwi. Yeah. This this track is used um, by Maori to transport Punamu, right? Um, some mm. equipment and stuff, yeah, from the um, west coast. West coast to Golden Bay. Yeah. Um, this track, yeah. 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 That'd be right, actually. Yeah. 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 So if you think about it, it's actually not fair to name Hifi track oh, Hifi. It's um like, like the cultural dynamic on. Uh, all those penguin works are quite different as well. Um, so all the three on the North Island, they have um, great um, influence from the local iwi, like um, Tangaroa North Circus um, is within Tangaroa National Park. Um, Which is the first park in New yeah, Zealand. Yeah, first national park in New Zealand. Um, that was formed over a century ago. And from this is a true story from our uh, one of our Maori friends and um, honey she told us um, the time when the crown wanted to take this land um, they were like give us a land otherwise we'll kill your man so the local we had to give away the land to the crown to build this national park um, over the years uh, the dynamic between um, the local iwi and the crown has changed a lot. I guess um, there's people paying more attention to the Treaty of Waitangi. And mm. Emily probably know better on mm. this topic. Well, I, I think that's, yeah, you're, you're right. I think there's been a big shift towards the need to honour the treaty, even in the last five years, I feel. Yeah, it's certainly, certainly not a... It's not a linear path, that journey, but um, I think New Zealand is generally becoming more and more passionate about that need, especially the younger generation, like the surge of learning te reo in the mm. last couple of years has been massive, like now you've got a book months and months in advance to get into classes and things like that, and that, that's been a massive shift, it wasn't yeah. like that even five years ago. Yeah, even mm. I enrolled myself in one of the program as well, mm. um, Hepa Vatikana. Oh, cool. Small folks on the 
philosophy of Pali people. Awesome. But there's a bit of a basic language training involved as well. Awesome. Yeah. That'll be great. Just try to pronounce all the um, township names, you know, mm-hmm. in Maori as mm-hmm. well. Going back to the, the great works, what I find really interesting about the Fanganui journey from a legal perspective, so the Fanganui River is the first river in the world that was granted the, yeah, the status of a legal person. Mm-hmm. So the Fanganui River is the only, li- or the first river in the world that is considered its own legal entity. Oh, yeah. okay. That's like a first in the world. This so like for me, having been here for four years, like if I spend months in the city, like I, I get frustrated about like parking or traffic or like public. Don't even have a car. Why would you be worried? Yeah, yeah. Public <laughs> like parking or traffic or public transport, and it, for me, like doing a great walk is like okay, I get it. I, like this is living in New Zealand. This is savoring everything that this incredible country has to offer, and I feel really sorry for. I don't want I don't want this to sound condescending but I feel sorry for the people that come to New Zealand and are just in a city and are you know working and don't actually take the time or have the opportunity to experience what you know the incredible nature and everything that this country has to offer. That's true but at the same time we're so different like if you would put me on a great walk maybe a year ago I wouldn't appreciate it that much that I do it now mm-hmm. like when we were walking for four hours I was quiet and you were like are you fine are you fine because I'm usually but I this is like kind of my meditation I can mm-hmm. be quiet I can just observe the nature I was listening to birds it's so incredible I never heard so many birds and so loud mm-hmm. Mm. in one spot in all my life I was I thought that we have a lot of like birds and animal sounds in the in Slovenia but now I'm like this is paradise but like the birds here in New Zealand are very very different because there were no mammals apart from like two species of rats and seals do you remember we saw a cat and a deer on well those were introduced later <laughs> so the birds evolved and you've got a lot of birds that don't fly yeah like, like yeah. the kiwi or the takahe uh, um, kakapo or the kakapo hmm. um so and the some of the birds are like really really huge like you had the giant moa that unfortunately uh, became extinct but it was like bigger than an ostrich so the birds here kind of evolved in a really unique way because there weren't any typical predators. Um, there's apparently nothing in New Zealand that can kill you. Yeah, I can see that because they're not scared of you at all. Yeah. They're eating your food, they're unzipping your bags, they're just everywhere. Yeah. Do you have any funny parts from the... You mean holy guacamole? Holy guacamole from Great Walks! Please, do you have any stories that's today your backpack? broke like this or zipper. just the zipper yeah. <laughs> yeah so so i'm gonna sacrifice myself and i can walk behind you <laughs> to Picking. pick up the things <laughs> i'm sure the wekas would appreciate me dropping stuff mm. emily any stories from great walks all i can really think of not the time i ran the able tasman but the time before that that i tried to walk it i tried to walk it with my oldest friend who we've been we've been friends since we were in the same baby group and um, we're quite different people. 
um, although she's a Taurus as well, she's 12 days older than me, um, and she really likes planning and she likes comfort and um, I am a really bad planner and yeah. That's why I'm in um, this hut today. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and she wanted to come and do the Able Tasman, but I didn't book, I didn't think to book, so she arrived and we realised it was all booked up when she arrived and I had a tree tent at the time, so it's like a cut across between a hammock and a tent, so it's like you, oh you have to find preferably three trees in a nice Sosalis formation to put it up, what could possibly go wrong? And we didn't <laughs> book, so we were stupid 19 year olds basically scuttling through the track trying to put up you know our tent wherever we could but we hadn't bloody booked and so on about the second day we were trying to swing it up but really struggling because it's such a hard tent to put up and we we're doing it for about two hours and then the ranger came around the corner and said what's going on guys you planning to sleep here and i'd promised that i would spin an elaborate yarn um if the ranger came but i didn't i just froze i was like and so she had to say, oh, yeah, we were. And he said, oh, well, you've got two choices. You can get out or you can get out. And so he left and um, my friend burst into tears and we had to walk back out to Tachinui. Uh, but then we met a lovely couple and who were doing going in and doing day walks and they we ended up hitchhiking with them around to the other side and then doing a little bit of that track. So um, that wasn't really a funny story, more just a, a forewarning book. Book the huts, book the camping. Don't think you can get away with it because you're invincible and your prefrontal cortex hasn't formed properly yet. <laughs> yeah, the rangers are everywhere. The rangers are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, you can't escape. My holy guacamole story would probably be we were doing the Milford track and out of the seven great walks that we've done so far, counting this one, um, Milford track is my favorite. And I'm actually kind of angry with that because it sounds so cheesy, like, oh, Milford, yeah, the greatest like attraction in New Zealand, whatever. But it was drop dead gorgeous. And we were on that track, we got rained on, and we met this group of Aucklanders and... Lovely Jaffas, we love them. No, 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 like, <laughs> we're, two of them, we're really, really great friends. Um, they live on Wahiki Island. And there was this lady, I loved her. She got a laminating machine and she prepared like weeks in advance for the trip. So she even laminated like eggs and like red wine, roast beef, right? Laminated what? Like she laminated everything, right? She laminated like fresh eggs into these little nice pouches and like red wine into this like laminated pouch and everything, right? Very well prepared. Anyway. Um, but they packed so much and their bags were like so heavy. They had like pots and pans and, you know, so we offered to carry some of their heavy stuff, some of their pots. And in return, we got a few slices of roast beef and mashed potatoes and gravy on a great walk. And I just uh, laminated, right? No, no, it wasn't laminated, <laughs> but it was divine. Mm. Yes. Can you imagine steak right now? And on Milford Track, one of the rangers told us a funny story of a lady that brought a rice cooker on a great walk. <laughs> so, guys, if you're doing a great walk, there's no electricity, right? 
leave your rice cookers and microwaves and pressure cookers at home. Air fryer. Air fryers. Yeah. Wow. I remember that you told me uh, that some people were asking, oh, is the cafe on the top of Tangariro Crossing? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important for people to kind of know what they're getting themselves into. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to be like, yeah, I'm gonna be smelly, I'm gonna wash my clothes in the stream. Yeah. But when, once you're like... Once you I, let it go, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, we were sitting on the stone there, mm. um, um, skinny dipping, no one was around, and I was, we were just sitting on the sun, I was like, can, can you imagine anything better right now? Mm. Mm. We walked, we washed ourselves, I'm not hungry, mm. I'm like... Pfft. Are you sure you're not hungry? Ask me half an hour. <laughs> but yeah. let's be fair, we yeah. have to calculate. We don't have much food yeah. left. So the thing is, like on a great walk, you can actually make some really great friends. Like the couple, um, Andy and David. Like we're still really, really good friends, and we kept in touch, and we visited them on Wahiki Island. So you meet incredible people. Yeah. It's like... Like Emily, for example. Yeah. I'm an incredible person. I just tagged on and it feels mm. like I've started with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm really glad we're going to read a view tomorrow. That's no, right. I, I, no we, we need to tell the viewers for, for verification, for truth's sake, that I'm only going three hours tomorrow and then I'll be dropping off the crew. So it's been a pleasure. It's been an honour. <laughs> well, you're sure you're not going another five hours with us? <laughs> You've always got to be prepared the to abandon the plane. The ranger will kick you out. You have two choices. Get out of <laughs> oh, get out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. But I think, like, to be honest, we also need to alert the listeners to a few things. And I think at the top of the list would probably be sand flies. Mm. Uh, yeah. You two are complaining. I'm like a feast for them next to you two. So yeah, but only for the South Island ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're quite. Um, I think I have bite next to bite all over my body. Yeah. But yeah, it's quite annoying. A lot of um, insect repellent and. Yeah. All right. So my part, I feel like the highlights of all the great work is definitely uh, meeting really cool people as well. Apart from um, David and the. Um, Milford Track. We also met Siobhan from mm -hmm. Kepler Track. Um, Emily from Hifi. <laughs> and we have to explain how he became our friend. Yeah. You you almost burned down the first hut. <laughs> no, she was outside. She didn't want to sit with us. Yeah, she didn't want to sit with us, and there was a karma because yeah, yeah her oh. her bump was leaking. And fire was everywhere. But it, everything. Emily was literally on fire, and that's why we befriended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I really did feel like such a kook. And I was watching my brand new cooker literally melt before my eyes. I was like, <laughs> and I see again with the freeze response. I'm terrible whenever like a pressure situation is on. You're like, a lawyer. You start to... thinking about the legal ramifications <laughs> of the situation. Oh no, I just freeze. I'm like, my cooker is melting and there's about to be no way for me. And then everyone's like, ah! Yeah, and then a child from like, who was there with his parents came right over to, to help me. And I'm like, I just, I'm so bad. I would not survive in the wild. I'm like a mullet. Do you guys know a fun fact about mullet and why they're extinct? 
Why? and I'm heading the same direction, um, is because they were no predators, like you said, Matt, um, they just... They, Didn't know how to... <laughs> they freeze, that's their... their, their Fight their or flight. Fight, flight or freeze. Oh, yeah. So they freeze, and then Māori would come along and be like, sweet, that is a lot of meat. <laughs> Walk right up to the frozen Māori, just go... <laughs> and then seriously, that's how they became extinct. Wow. I know. I know. Do you so, think they're ever gonna like bring them back like Jurassic Park? Who's they? Like the government. Workshop. Is the government gonna bring back Moa? <laughs> I think it might be a little bit far down the priority list, but okay. <laughs> um, they should bring back housing. Reincarnate Moa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um yeah. So if you were to advise like the virgin tramper which great walk would you advise them to start with? Evil Tasman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tasman in terms of ease. Rakiura is pretty chill as well. Ferry to Stuart Island can be quite Oh, fun. he was puking his guts out. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. But okay, you have four, uh, four meters waves. But mm, for example, Evil Tasman is really cool, but it can be hot and this, uh, walking on the sand can be quite annoying sometimes. And you know, when you come home, for weeks you still have sand everywhere. And the sand flies. And it's probably... But it's the only one with showers. That's true. And That's actually Wi-Fi hotspots. What? I figured that huts have Wi-Fi after the second time I was walking at assessment the last day. Yeah. Well. Because I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be in flight mode because I, I'm doing red walk. I'm not, mm. I'm, I don't care. And yeah. Well, the Wi-Fi in Vitesman National Park is mainly for you to check um, the weather, yeah, and the, low the time, tides, tides, and also yeah. report some of the um, precious animals you spotted along the way. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but the advice I would get, if you go with a friend, have the smallest backpack mm -hmm. in the team, because otherwise you're going to have everything in your backpack. <laughs> no! No, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but, <laughs> but it's I'm really impressed by you, Matt and Kuhn. You saw it, Emily. They have little backpacks, mm. but they're like a Harry Potter, like Hermione, when she's pulling out everything for a bloody yeah. little backpack. I'm like, what? Where did you just like? And everything like squeeze and vacuum, like like vacuum packed. Vacuum packed, yeah. And it's like, and uh, so small. Everything's like. And yeah. he has like a little package, mm -hmm. and when you put out from the, this little package, it's like a tarp. two meters huge tarp. Yeah, and I'm like, awesome. from where? From where? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I was thinking that if I, I if I would knew that I would stay here, I would bought myself a really good equipment and mm -hmm. small and light. Mm -hmm. Well, I like the philosophy of less is more. So with my daily purchasing, like clothing or uh, including backpack and stuff, I like it to be simple but practical. So most of my stuff are quite portable um, and easy to try. Yeah. That's because you don't sweat, sweat yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sweating my ass off and he's like in the long shirt. Yeah, it is warm. Couldn't try being a middle-aged white guy. Yeah, <laughs> you need to pack differently. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't mind getting a bit of that white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's not go there. <laughs> but yeah. Oh my god, thanks guys. That was really awesome. Do you want to add anything for the ending? 
Oh, um, maybe regarding booking. So um, the funny fact is, um, with all the seven great works we've done so far, we booked all of them quite last minute. Um, you have some very popular one, like the three, um, the three tracks in Fiordland National Park. Um, the, you know, the spots on public holidays would be gone in a few minutes um, if you don't get ready in front of your laptop the minute it started. Um, so last year we got lucky because the border was um, closed, remained closed. Yeah. So many um, people who booked but couldn't enter the country had to cancel. So we find um, spots on Kepler and Woodburn and Milford. This year, um, Doc um, is um, only welcoming people with the vaccine pass, so fully vaccinated people only. Um, yeah, so thanks to the anti vaxxers Yeah, I got space everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it was really everyone was like, oh, I booked half a year ago. I think when in May or June they opened the bookings, usually. Yeah, something like something that. like that, and yeah. it's everything packed and booked, even the like middle of the summer it's everything back but yeah i booked one week before my walk double testament because was everything free yeah. <laughs> because they just announced that you you have to be vaccinated even for sleeping in the tent so that was quite That's bad a great idea. oh oh god just not jump around rangers back I'm hoping we get out the hut to ourselves tonight i think that would be really looks fun. like it so my advice would be Pack a liner, right? So that's a plastic bag that you put your stuff in in case you get soaked, which you likely will, at least if you're doing the Fjordland Great Walks. So it keeps your stuff dry. So pack a liner, have a couple of dry bags, grab some smart snacks, things like nuts, nuts or popcorn or dark, or, chocolate. Or popcorn? dark yeah, pop. Popcorn is the best tramping snack because it's really light. But it takes a lot of space. Yeah. No, it, it's like you've just got the, the corns and then you make it in, in, in your mm. pan ah. on the fire. Ah. And uh, <laughs> okay. have a flask of whiskey. Shh. Oh, yeah. This is healthy yeah. podcast. Johnny Walker, I mean, Johnny likes to go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that those things are common sense, like... Yeah, the listeners Bags. aren't idiots, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you're not some special expert. They're not sitting there like, don't be bags and they're spinning. And then you see some people in the flip-flops doing great walk and I'm like, sweet! Yeah. <laughs> my my advice would be just don't overthink it, like plan well and get out and do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Kachin! That's it. Woo! Let's have dinner. <laughs> Well, we did have a dinner, but at the same time we were like, okay, we can eat this today because we have exactly calculated how much we can eat until the last day because we are slightly out of food. No, not maybe we had a lot of snacks, but we were out of the proper food. We had just one more big meal um, that you can buy and just pour the water and you have mashed potato and stuff. 
So I was like, guys, we're going early to bed because we're not going to eat much. <laughs> but anyway, we woke up next day and we all went to the next hut. We smashed it. The guys were so fast. I was just grumpy at the back because one thing that I'm, I will admit and probably Kuhn and Matt going to kill me, <laughs> but... When it was 7th of January when we finished the, uh, the hefe track and I, like, you know, when you're joking and you say, I didn't sleep since last year. And it was true because snoring is just, oh my gosh, I even had the earplugs and the music in and I couldn't sleep. So I was so tired. <sighs> Anyway, I was walking behind them all the time and I was just exploring, taking photos. I made so many amazing photos because it was like a little bit foggy. So the nature was like misty and like enchanted forest with a lot of spider nets with a um, little water on it. It was just amazing. So um, we reached the first hut and then um, we continued to another hut where the place where the hut was and now it's just a shelter and then the, the, our last point and that was um, Hifi hut on the beach with the palm forest and just beautiful also amazingly beautiful um, hut and thousands of thousands of sandflies I was covered like bite next to bite i'm not kidding um i was feast for them after last evening we were playing monopoly deal like like our game to go we lost emily's of course um on the midway um because she was staying in another hut and after that next day we marched back to the car park where russell picked us up and the weather forecast was all three days really really nice yeah we even the, the last day was like it's gonna rain we came till the end not wet at all i mean sweating yes because the last part it's written on the map that is just flat but it's like up and down up and down but magical i was almost killed by the palm um leaf because it fell down on the path right in the front of me and you can imagine palm leaf it's so harsh i was like oh my god you don't need this anyway it was beautiful track we came all back quite tired but overall we enjoyed it and i just loved it and i love the company and nature and for the ending russell picked us up and we went for a proper meal and a beer and we were happy Ugh, can't even explain and sadly now that I'm recording this um, in the last two weeks um, West Coast had a pretty bad weather so Hifi track was really destroyed and all the bridges and track like they were flushed away so this week I was posting a lot of pictures from the Hufi track because I really appreciate the moments and I respect everything that I do here in New Zealand because you never know 
when the storm will come and destroy something. And here I would say, Doc New Zealand, you do a pretty good work. So thanks, Emily, Matt, Kuhn. That was amazing and hope to see you soon. And you guys, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, you finally started reviewing my podcast. I'm so amazed. I got some really good uh, reviews on Apple Podcast. Thank you so much. And also now you can rate on Spotify. I really love doing this, but it will be even more amazing if you would share, subscribe, tell your friends. It's epic. New Zealand is going to open again. And who else than backpackers and other travelers would listen to those things to know a little bit more about New Zealand. So yeah. And follow me on Instagram on my personal profile or behind the places and faces. And voila, see you next week where the topic is going to be epic. Behind places and